Welcome back to Vanished in the Valley. We had a little break there, guys, but I'm Athena. And this is Sidekick Ken. We're back from our break with our brand new equipment and a wowzer of a story, guys. You are not going to believe this shit that we've dug up. Um, apparently, it was like a nationwide story a couple of years ago, but I had never heard about it. Have you heard about the Bakersfield 3? No, you brought it to my attention the first time I heard of it. Right? So... Honestly, what first attracted me to it wasn't the Department of Justice website, because that's usually where I find our cases. It was the picture of James Colstad. He's just got these fucking bright blue eyes, and he's like, is almost a spitting image of my cousin. And uh, it's kind of a crazy story. These three people from Bakersfield all end up being murdered or go missing within a month of each other. And it turns out, if you look deeper into the case... They're all either, like, directly or indirectly connected with each other and this other group of people that keep getting fucking arrested for manufacturing weapons. Oh, just for clarity's sake. So what we got, we got one that's dead, one that's missing, and one that's in jail? Is that correct or no? No, no, The three is, okay, so one was killed in a drive-by shooting. Okay. One went missing for a while, but then his arm ended up washing up in a river. Okay. And one is still missing. Okay. The one that's in jail, uh, that's the girl that's missing, Bailey. That's her boyfriend who's in jail right now. And he's in, in jail on unrelated kidnapping charges that has nothing to do with the Bakersfield 3, per okay. se. Um, apparently what that was about is this motherfucker grabs a girl who was friends with Bailey and at gunpoint drags her into a cornfield and starts questioning her on if a Bailey is being faithful or not. Yeah, the wacko cat. Yeah, exactly. Why do we always find these fucking crazy ass boyfriends? I mean, come the fuck on, man. Get it together. Get a grip. I think uh, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any demographic out there. Well, in my oh boy. In my assessment of the matter, too much estrogen what? In the male population. Too much estrogen in the male population is causing men to be fucking abusive and, like... No. Turn them into weenies. Yeah, but it's... Men have been seriously abusive to women forever. Yeah, but at the OJ and that fiasco, that, that kind of subsided, didn't it? The what? The OJ fiasco. No, I didn't. Shit, you can beat the shit out of your woman prior to that. After that, it was shit. You better not have no happy hands. No, I know. Before that, they wouldn't even, like, really prosecute you. Um, but now it's even iffy if they prosecute you. A lot of the times, you don't, if you're abused and you don't show up to court as a witness, they have to drop the charges. Shit, the, 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 the DA feels that they'll go without your statement and go on to prosecute or nothing but your statement and use that to prosecute. I've yeah. seen it. I've I, seen I know. It. I've seen that happen, too. But a lot of, like, the cases we're talking about, like, uh, let's take, um, like, the Khadija case, for example. He fucking attacked this girl with a hammer. And because she went missing and the witness that, you know, saw him lead her away with a gun went missing, everything was dropped against him. He's a free man right now. So something's happening to where the charges keep getting dropped. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe we can look into that a little bit more. Maybe he's well connected. I highly doubt it. It just, I don't, I don't know, like, it's just... So that excludes him from being well connected? Yeah, pretty much. If you saw this fucking guy and saw his record, you're not going to think he's well connected. Okay. Um, 
But I, so back to the Bakersfield three, I was fortunate enough to be able to speak to James's daughter. And James is the one that was killed in the drive-by shooting. Okay. So. Uh, do they have any suspects in the shooting in, in that regards? Well, none that they've like publicly stated. Okay. I have a suspect though. Oh shit, the sleuth of Nina. Yep, <laughs> yep. And I guess for now we'll just use a, a code name for him. Let's call him Sucks Deep. And what? <laughs> sucks deep. Oh wow. wow. <laughs> don't be surprised if he calls us with that shit. <laughs> what, you don't think that's far away from his name? Uh, I don't know. Just sucks deep. <laughs> wow. wow. I mean, I fucking told you what his name is. <laughs> so apparently, here I'll pull up. I actually uh made a PDF file of uh his whole hearing. Actually, he waived the hearing, but the whole all the documents associated with him losing his chiropractor license. Wow. Yeah. Well, Fibba just walked away. From that. Yeah. That says a lot. So what he's talking about is. This guy, the chiropractor who we're calling Sucks Deep, um, basically, like, he just kept getting in trouble. At one point, he gets in trouble for having two unregistered weapons in his car, a vial of liquid heroin, and he was driving under the influence and was crashing into all these cars. So what happened with that is bystanders saw all this shit going down, and they ended up calling the police. And the police get there, and they find him sucks deep walking through the alley. And the first story he gives them is that he, was, he wasn't even in the car. And the second story was he's a passenger in the car. Finally, he comes clean and says he was driving the car. There was also a passenger that he had asked her to lie to the cops to say he was not driving. So, you know, the cops obviously found out this fool was driving, driving under the influence. He crashed into several parked cars, and he's even so fucked up that he's nodding off while talking to the cops. Yeah, that's when you're over the top. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, And see, James, our boy James, who is Cameron's dad, and actually, I want to pull up Cameron's, hold on. I've been talking to James's daughter, and you can find her on Instagram at, at Cameron Albert Colstad. Um, she's his daughter and she's, I think she's like 19 or 20 right now. She's super pretty. Go check out her, uh, gorgeous. Yeah. Go check out her Instagram. She's got it going on. She's like a model. Um, and she was giving me some information and I was bouncing some ideas off her. And at first when I came into this case, I thought James was connected to the Bakersfield three. I thought all the disappearances were connected. But the more I look into it, I don't think that his disappearance is directly related to Bailey and Micah's disappearance. Okay, I guess you'll give us your synopsis. Of course, of course. So I'm just not sure, should I, should we start this as like, since we're recording so early, I'll definitely like come back and robust it up a bit because I know I don't have a lot of info on Micah. But we'll start with James. So... James is actually my age. He was born in 1978, and he had a daughter super young. And unfortunately, when Cameron was 18 months old, her mother was in a car accident and was killed. So at that time, she went to live with um, her mother's parents, so her grandma, her maternal grandparents. Okay. But her dad was, like, super involved in her life. He would, like, take her for weekends, take her for sleepovers, take her out to dinner, 
Um, he would pick her up from school. She said some of her greatest memories are him picking her up from school and making her give him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, that's what's up. Right? So he, like, sounds like a super cool dad. And she sent me some videos. And this motherfucker is jumping off these rocks that I swear it's probably like oh, 40. Yeah, yeah I'm not crazy. That, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, it's like a 40, 50 foot drop into this water. And let me tell you, if you don't get lying there, right, you can die. Break your fucking neck. 100%. So he obviously knows what he's doing because he landed it right. He didn't die from that. But he's like a surfer. He's super active. He's um, extremely entrepreneurial. He even had his own skate shop. He patented own trucks for like a skateboard. Like the trucks are those bottom things that connect the wheel to the board. Duh. <laughs> what was that? Who don't know what trucks are? I'm oh sure goodness. hella people don't know what trucks oh, are. I didn't even know if you knew. I know every damn thing. What do you mean? Oh my god, here we go. Megalomaniac. Absolutely. Shit. Anyway, he also designed a bib, and I guess was like a less mess bib or some shit. Oh, well, yeah, I need that. I know, you do. You're like so messy when eating. But anyway, the problem starts happening. He got hit by a car, and when he got hit by the car, it completely crushed and broke, like all the bones in his hands. I've seen the x-ray, and it's like every single bone is like pinned back together it's a mess of metal in there oh wow yeah and as you can imagine i'm sure that shit was extremely painful not even just like from the injury but those pins they hurt like afterwards yeah, yeah, they do. so unfortunately with the way the doctors were prescribing drugs back then they were just throwing drugs at you and he became addicted to pain medication like Millions of other Americans. Yeah, welcome to the club. Right? As the Sattler family is benefiting off everyone's fucking misery, James got a raging addiction. And I think that'll come into play a little bit later, just because, like, I, I feel a lot of people discounted him. It's just saying, oh, there's some drug addict dead, another fucking drug addict off the streets. That's not how this works. We don't just throw people away because they have a drug problem. And yeah, that's kind of It's fucked up, up. yeah. And especially a drug problem that's engineered by the government and the Sattler family. Absolutely. You know, that's just fucked up. You guys look into that. Look into the Sattler family and OxyContin and how they got millions of people addicted to that shit. That shit was hell of addictive. They didn't tell people how addictive it was. They actually said the opposite. They said it was no more addictive than aspirin. Ain't that a bitch. Right? You trust your doctor. When they give you something, you're not thinking they're going to give you some dangerous ass shit that's going to get you strung out and, you know, wishing for death rather than a withdrawal. And that's where James ended up. And unfortunately, you know, when people are in the throes of addiction, they do some fucked up shit that they would never do if they were sober, you know? Oh, well, let me let me just interject. For those that do listen to the doctors, uh, after 10 surgeries... You know, I would think, you know, don't just always go what they say. A lot of times it's just so they can, you know, tear into your insurance. Right. And pocket a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, this is from a personal experience. Yeah. They, they had this guy in the hospital, Kenny here. It was like, what, a year and a half? Fuck yeah. And they just kept doing surgery after surgery after surgery. And... I finally was just like, no, no more. more. No yeah, more surgeries. Yeah, Everything was stepped up, said, fuck no more. Yeah, I was like, not happening anymore. And I put my fucking skills to work and yeah. healed his ass. Took <laughs> literally. Matters, took matters in our own hands, literally. Yeah. And now I'm a much better person. 100%. Doctors are no longer healers. They're fucking in it to make money. Yeah, profiteers. Exactly. And then they get this God complex because they believe their own hype. 
Uh, and it's just a recipe for all bad. For the fucking Yeah. And then if you look into like, you know, all the shit that's been going on with the opiate epidemic, they were getting kickback, kickbacks from these companies. Yeah. That's what we learned also. The doctors that was also prescribing all this medicine to the patients was also getting kickback. From- you're, once anybody has been on this medication longer than 90 days, there's you're physically addicted. Yeah. There's no if, ands, or but. Your body 100% will become addicted to this medication. So yeah, I mean, it's like a proven medical fact that your body becomes physically addicted to that shit and it literally changes the wiring of your brain. Absolutely. And... So unfortunately, that's what that's kind of what ends up going down with two of our people. Um, so James, kind of like I, you know, there's just there's the drug scene out in Bakersfield, and he becomes pretty much pretty like uh, deeply entwined in it. And this uh, chiropractor, the one we're calling Sucks Deep. Um, he is alleged he's a drug dealer. Okay, so allegedly, because I was trying to wonder how do he fit in all of the, the chiropractic, but okay, so. The drug dealer. Allegedly, allegedly a drug dealer. He's peddling pharmaceuticals, yeah. huh? Exactly. All right. Now, I don't even. Can uh, chiropractors prescribe medication? I think probably in a limited capacity, I would think so. Yeah, but I don't. I bet they wouldn't be able to do like controlled drugs like pain meds. You wouldn't think they could do that. No, they would probably have a, 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 a physician, you know, on tap that they yeah. can to it. He can diagnose and uh, give what they what they need or want. So that makes me wonder: Does Suck Deep have a doctor friend that he's like getting these drugs from, or like I wonder where his supply is coming from? Maybe the police should be wondering that, not my ass. Oh, well, yeah. So, <laughs> hands up to the Beckerfield police. <laughs> and, of course, the family doesn't feel like the police are really doing anything to investigate. Not anything, but they're not. They're pretty lackluster um, in looking for his killers. And they feel the reason behind that is because James has a drug problem. Yeah, he's associated with the drug scene. Exactly. Now, I would like to interject. After doing 20 more episodes, we would came to the conclusion that that's standard procedure for the police to yeah 100%. Any, any excuse yeah to you know mental problems as you said, yeah, to be lackluster in their, sex work and their approach <laughs> yeah it's like there's like this this list if basically if you're not a square asker with some money they're not gonna do everything they can you know they're yeah. they're not gonna do an excellent job. They'll do a borderline mediocre, yeah, just, just enough, barely passing. Just enough, yeah, to keep them out of hot water. Basically. Exactly. <laughs> like if we were grading these people like in fucking school grades, they'd be getting a C. Yeah. <laughs> I, D, D plus. D plus, C, C minus. minus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like where certain family members feel we are with James specifically. Um. So. And even his daughter, like, if you read different reports at, you know, one point in his drug addiction, he stops even telling her that he loves her. And so she had tried different approaches, you know, you know, explaining how much she loved him and how much it was hurting her. And then she's like, okay, that's not fucking working. So she went to the tough love approach where she just was kind of like ignoring him, not taking his calls. And unfortunately, that's when he gets murdered. Oh, wow. Right. Everything she got to understand is out of his hand once you get an addiction, even despite your best intentions, you know, when, when that shit start pulling him, you know. So, unfortunately, when she was uh, trying the tough love approach, that's when he was murdered. 
So that's how you know they left it on on bad. Oh wow, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I'm always preaching that to the family, like you know. Yeah, you really, are. Really, uh, from the scripture standpoint, uh, you shouldn't be. You only get three days to be upset with a person, and after that, you need to make amends. Really, that's like a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Huh. Uh, three days, and after that, it's like you know. I mean, what problem? What I mean, I can only think of a few things that you know. And anything after three days, you probably need to sever the fucking relationship because it's some fucked up shit. Yeah, but with blood ties, you got to always maintain strong blood ties. Yeah, what if your uh, brother's a child molester? Do you still maintain? Uh, well, he's gonna always be your brother. Your brother, despite what he did. But I mean, is this a case where it's alleged or proven? No, it's proven. Oh, well, shit. In that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> there are some things that even blood, I don't think, uh, can get you around. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess in that case, you would still be respectful, but you know, yeah. it would be at a distance. But no, I kind of like that. And if you can't work a problem out in three days with somebody, then you fucking need to probably bring a professional in. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Two grown ass adults, you should yeah. be able to talk it out. And and then also, just as a side note, when you break up with a person, it says uh, you're supposed to go wait six months before you get to a new relationship. I believe that, and yeah. sometimes maybe even longer, depending on how how long yeah, and how, how deep intense. And how long yeah. It was. yeah, you see some uh, what was the guy from the Tiger movie? Um, the fucking shit on Netflix? Yeah, where he had just... Oh, like, the guy that killed him yeah, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. As soon as he was in the brown, he... His husband. I think shit. he went to the funeral with a new guy. And... Yeah, some crazy <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> meth. <laughs> Oklahoma and meth for Damn, you. Tell me about it. But I don't know. I just wish that uh, Cameron would have known that, like, it has nothing to do with her, whether he loves her or not. Yeah. I guarantee he did love her. 100% loved this girl. Oh, absolutely. He just got caught up in the drugs. Yeah, yeah. And that drug shit just, it clouds the way you normally yeah, see exactly. things. Your brain is refired, rewired. And, yeah. And all the whole thing is just... It's all fucked up. It really is. So that's that's a, a warning to wise. Yeah. Stay away from drugs. Yeah, don't even get fucking started well, on the shit. And now, thankfully, that, you know, the doctors aren't handing fucking OxyContin out like it is aspirin. Now it's a little bit harder to get the drugs. Hopefully, that won't create some new addicts. Because once they started dick cracking down on that, everybody turned to heroin. And heroin's like a totally different ball game in the opiate whole world, basically. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know why it heroin is so different than the opiates, but it definitely is. And I don't know. I just wish she knew that her dad loved her no matter what. Yeah, well, she got to know that now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't want to set a bad example rather than the people you love. So. Well, he he'd always taught her how bad drugs were. That's the yeah. crazy part. Yeah, so and you, you can't blame the guy. Shatters his hand, and the doctors yeah. are giving them yeah. this. You yeah. know. And I'm sure he didn't know everybody trusts doctors, and they yeah. think that doctors have their best interest as a patient, and it's just not the truth anymore. No, I just think about uh, our good friend Assar. Yeah, you know, doctor cut him off cold turkey, and, and you see what that led yeah. to him going. Like, and he had been on this opiate pain medication yeah. for years, for this years, point, and, and then just cut him off yeah, like that. You can't do that. You definitely can't do that. That's so cold hearted, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness and, you know, the doctor completely cut him off medication, no backup plan, nothing in place. And, you know, he starts to go into withdrawal. He starts to panic. And next thing you know, he makes a mistake that yeah. costs him seven years of his yeah, life. Exactly. 
And that shouldn't really be. Dope. Yeah. And that's happening times 10 everywhere. Yeah, across the country. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but doctors aren't really being held that responsible for it. I mean, you got to fucking kill, like, what, six patients before the DEA exactly. comes back in? So, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if there was anyone there to explain drug addiction to Cameron. She was hella young. I don't even know if she would have understood um, coming from, you know, a child to a parent with that type of addiction. Yeah, especially if you're saying uh, she's only 19 now. Yeah, exactly. And this she's happened how long ago? 2018. Oh, okay, so, yeah, she was a young lady. Yeah. 16, 17, 17, yeah. Exactly. It's going to be super hard to understand. And it's going to look like they're choosing drugs over you, and that's not the case. They have no choice. Their brain has been completely rewired. And you can't unrewire that shit overnight. It takes I mean, years. It's a reason why people get an addiction. You know, they they say you hurt the ones closest to you, but, yeah, well, you know, you would never in your wild imagination think, you know, I would do something to harm my mother. <laughs> and next thing you know, you can't wait for her to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> right going to the jury. Purse, yeah. <laughs> going to the jury case. Like, <laughs> I get this one all quick. <laughs> and it's like, this is happening across the board, all demographics. Everybody's affected by it. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Now, it's, it's just, to me, it's funny looking at it because when the crack addiction was going down and African Americans yeah. was the, the, you know, the, the, the group that was hit the hardest. For sure. It was like, you know, not even an afterthought, but now with this opiates and it's being more of a. I think it's know, addiction's a lot better understood nowadays versus then. Yeah, but, then but it just seemed like, you know. They were so cold to the addicts. They yeah, but the Caucasians is now in the, in the throng. Yeah, I mean, that definitely opiate. probably plays a part. That absolutely plays a part in it. So yeah. now it's like. I think it's know, a lot of things. We're not going to criminalize it now. It's. it's Oh, it's still criminalized, yeah. but they have a lot of diversion shit. With yeah, exactly, back then. exactly. But I'm saying you're African American, you call it a nickel piece. It's like your ass is going to jail. I know, mandatory minimum <laughs> is that kind of shit. And I just, I think, yeah, it's. I think the race thing had to play with it. I think that didn't understand addiction as they do now because now they can actually do brain scans. They didn't have that technology back in the '70s and '80s to actually see the way the brains rewired and shit. Yeah. Okay. Again, um, that one. And because so many different types of people from fucking 12-year-olds up to 90-year-olds were getting yeah. hit by this opiate shit, yeah. I think now they were kind of forced to And study it's across it. classes. Like, yeah, exactly. Rich and poor. Yep. You know, addiction. Doctors, you cause this shit. Clean it up. <laughs> Where are yeah. they when they clean up time? Yeah, really. There's like, you know, this... I'm sorry, we're getting off on a tangent. On a oh, tangent. yeah, yeah. But there's yeah, a reason. It's yeah. all three of our people, all three of them had an opiate addiction. Yeah, okay. So, so the there is a reason. Yeah, yeah. So, so excuse us, we're going to the nuts zone. <laughs> we back. We back. <laughs> so let's go to, uh, okay, so I've kind of explained how James is. He's just a total chill, laid back kind of surfer guy who total entrepreneurial, who had his own skate shop, designed his own trucks, that kind of thing. He looked like a real stand-up guy. For sure. And he had a couple daughters. Um, and unfortunately, Cameron's mom, like I said earlier, was killed in an auto accident when she was 18 months old. So um, well, let's fast forward to the night of James's murder. Ready for this shit? Oh, shoot. All right. So there is a party going down at Suck Deep's house. <laughs> and um, as a matter of fact, James's brother is at this party, and Suck Deep tells uh, Ryan who that's allegedly. Him. Yeah, well, 
this is what Rick says. So Rick's alleging this. This uh, he actually said this. I'm not alleging he said this. He fucking said this shit. Oh, so, <laughs> all right. Is alleging. I just wanted to clarify. He says he's at a party at Suck Deep's house, and Suck Deep gets word that James is coming, and this is where it's like kind of a couple different stories. Some people say he's already at this party. Some people say there's word that he's coming to this party. But whatever the case is, Suck Deep tells me, you better tell your to get the fuck out of here because I got my boys on their way. They're strapped and, you know, it's going to get ugly. And there's a couple of different stories on why their relationship is so deteriorated. So apparently one of them owed the other money. I've heard it both ways okay. that James owed Suck Deep and that Suck Deep owed okay. James. Okay. So, um, Robert's like, no problem. I'll tell him to get the fuck out of here. And I guess somebody had asked Robert for a ride home. So this person and Robert get in the car. And at this point, James is already there. He's, he has borrowed his mom's car at this end. He, I think he's alone. I'm not a hundred percent on that. But he's borrowed his mom's car, and Ryan's driving out of the cul-de-sac, and he can see the lights of James's car behind him. So he assumes he's right behind him. And so he goes and he makes a turn to get out of the cul-de-sac, and as he makes the turn, he hears, tap, 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 tap. And, well, he goes to his passenger. He's like, did I just hit something? And his passenger's like, no, that was gunshots. And Robert's like, no way. He's like, no, that was definitely gunshots. Oh, hey, gangster. Yeah, right? Um, so he takes off. But he notices his brother's no longer behind him. So he flips a bitch and goes back. And he sees a crowd of people around James's car. He doesn't... Oh, wow. That was the shootout that claimed James' life? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he sees a crowd of people around James's car. He doesn't even park his car. He leaves his car in the middle of the street, jumps out. And this is what he describes. He says his brother is laying on the pavement. He's looking up at the sky. He can tell that his lips no longer have color. He's all just one color. Oh, wow. Which is all bad signs. I mean, shock, blood loss, that kind of shit. I've seen it. You see yeah. that face, you don't forget it. Yeah, right. And uh, he's holding James, rocking him. He gives him a kiss on the side of his head. He tells him he loves him and that he's with him. And James dies in his arms. Oh, my goodness. Right. So I would he, be livid at that point. Well, he's just, he was broken. He's fucking. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you, especially sure. when you experience it like that, so up close and personal. Right. And I know you can kind of understand that because your brother absolutely. died right, right in your head. Yeah, yeah. So you know what he was feeling. Just destroyed. And even now, when Robert tells the story, he gets totally upset. Yeah, he cracked up. Yeah, for sure. He literally died in his brother's arms. And, you know, so the police get there, the paramedics get there, and as the paramedics lift James up, Robert can see the bullet hole that, like, went through his back. It was, like, his lower oh, back. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was reported in the press, you know, that he was murdered, and they have never arrested anybody for this murder. It's an open case. So... It's you gotta wonder. This fucking suck deep war warns him. Yeah, if he came and if he made an open threat like right? that, and then less than ten minutes later, right, the brother's landing on <laughs> dying. I mean, it yeah. don't take much to make that uh, exactly. you know, reach a conclusion. Yeah, but for some reason, he's never been charged with conspiracy 
or murder or anything. Because if you ask someone to kill someone for you, that's conspiracy to commit fucking murder. And you think there would be some charges or something. Well, what I've noticed in my lifetime that if you have money, you can bypass a lot of stuff. Oh, if you yeah. start throwing money around, you'll be surprised that the kids get through out of I'll get reduced to something very yeah. minimal charge. Right. And that might be a reason why Suck Deep just gave up his chiropractor license without a fight. Yeah, to keep them from digging in the background. Exactly. No investigation. So, so yeah, that's where James's story, unfortunately, ends. Oh, wow. For now. So, James and Micah actually knew each other. Word is, uh, two weeks before James's murder, he had helped Micah move. Um, and Micah knew Bailey. So that's how those three are all connected. Okay. So I just want to get some dates for you because this is where I'm going to throw some dates and it might get a little bit confusing. Um, and keep in mind, this is all going down in 2018. On March 23rd, 2018, Micah Holsenbake was reported missing and authorities began looking into what happened to the 34-year-old. Um, his friends couldn't get a hold of him. His family couldn't get a hold of him, and his friends end up calling the family, and they're like, is he with you? Because we can't find him, and we are super worried about him. They tried, the family says they tried to file a missing persons report, but guess what? The police gave them the runaround. <laughs> just be filing the report? But... They didn't want to file the missing person report for him. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, them what fucking the hell is that about? Yeah, really? I didn't even know they could refuse that. I don't know that they can. I think they were just trying to discourage them from doing it. Possible. But is it like a time frame involved? They have to be missed a certain amount No, of time. that's what everybody thinks, though. Everyone always thinks, as well, I thought I had to wait 72 hours. Yeah. No. There's no time. If somebody goes missing, call the goddamn police as soon as you know they're missing that's what most people don't know they they really believe this 72 hour myth and when somebody's missing those first few hours are yeah, critical yeah the first 48 is yeah. critical so if you give them 72 yeah you know, they're always right? the crime scene <laughs> yeah up. exactly you're fucked so the police finally end up filing the report for them but it's one of those cases. He was a drug user, so he's just off on a bender. That's all that's going on here. So that's what I guess considered low priority. Yeah, well, that the police consider people that use drugs low priority. Um, I wish and I had hoped that it was kind of phasing out. But just reading this, this was just two years ago, and the police are acting all backwards like it's fucking 20 years ago, and you know they don't want to do anything about it. So... Yeah, the 23rd is, I guess, uh, some extended family member had seen him crossing the street um, somewhere in, like, downtown, I guess, uh, yeah, I think Bakersfield, yeah. And they absolutely positive that was him? They're pretty sure. Okay. It was a credible sighting, they say. So, yeah, that was the 23rd. Uh, March 23rd, 2018, Micah goes missing. April 8th is when James Colstead gets shot and killed in that drive-by. Uh, James's mom and uh, Micah's mom start talking and comparing notes and realizing that they share the same friends, they're running the same circle, and now suddenly one's dead and one's missing. So they figure two heads are better than one and they combine their motherly powers and go to the police with what they figured out on their own. And uh, I think at this point the police started to take it a little bit more seriously. You fucking hope. Hey, you got two mothers there. So. Yeah, right? Two white moms, too. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> um, so, 
two weeks after uh, James is killed, Bailey goes missing. Bailey gets reported. So 20-year-old Bailey Despo was reported missing by her family. And like I'm saying, everybody is connecting these three. Her parents say there was some issues going on. Unfortunately, Bailey was gang raped. And this was like a, oh, couple, wow. yeah, a couple of years before she went missing. And that can do a fucking number on somebody. Just a single rape. Okay, one person yeah, raping absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a fucking gang rape. I can't even imagine the terror of this girl. And the physical pain. I just hope she was able to disassociate and go somewhere Absolutely. else. Absolutely. I think once the pain gets so intense, yeah. I think that's the lovely thing about the way we're put together that, yeah. you know, go somewhere else. Sidestep. And, you know, as women, if, you know, you're not ready for sex, you're, okay, it's going to get graphic, but deal. If you're not ready for sex, you're not all wet down there, and somebody tries to forcefully have that's sex with you, it's going to fucking like, hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because you're clenching up. Yeah, it's going to tear you. Man, yeah. 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 And multiple times, so I just can't even imagine the pain. And, you know, a lot of times these girls also get anally raped, sodomized, and yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Under that circumstance, the oh. first time. Oh, yeah. Man, my goodness gracious. So, um, we'll get into like Bailey's situation a little bit later. Um, but she, like I said, she goes missing just a few weeks after Micah and a couple of weeks after James is murdered. So as far as Micah goes, what his deal is, he was a banker and, uh, he ended up injuring his back somehow. And it was a significant enough of an injury that the doctor prescribed pain medication for him, which then caused an addiction. Because like we were just saying, your body and your mind get addicted to these pills and, you know, you need medical assistance to get off of them and stay off of them. He also had some mental health issues that he was using medication to treat. And I think a couple of weeks before he goes missing, he, for whatever reason, decides to come off the medication. Which, it, it happens a lot. So, like the, the, the mental health meds. Oh. So, <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> okay. Back to the hotel. <laughs> I gotta say, Web Sleuths, you guys are some fucking top-notch internet. Yeah. Web <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, all y'all A-game. I was able to get a lot, a lot of good information from them. Um, thank you, guys. And again, thanks to the mothers, the mothers of the Bakersfield Three, um, because they have a lot of good information on websites. Yeah, appreciate list. y'all coming forward. Yeah, for sure. And if anybody else listening to this has any information on this case, please contact us. Let us know. And you can email us at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook account and a Facebook group page, as well as Instagram. You got any information, no matter how small. Everything is pertinent at this point. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, whatever the case is, say you're afraid, you don't want to, you don't trust that the police are going to, you know, remain anonymous with them. Oh, yeah. We respect your anonymity. 100%. And we will do everything. For sure. So contact us if you can let us know anything. You know, the last couple of weeks Micah was around, he was telling people that he felt like he needed protection. That there was people out to get him. 
And unfortunately, they had all of Right? Seriously. Oh. Micah was present when that woman was dragged into the cornfield at gunpoint by Bailey's boyfriend. Um, oh, right? for the question and session? Yeah, yeah. Micah okay. was there, but he was able to escape. Fuck, he witnesses that. So is that going to make him a target now because he saw this whole kidnapping in progress? So I don't know if that's what made him paranoid. I shouldn't even use paranoid because he was fucking right on. But yeah, yeah. Aware? Absolutely, it was tapped in. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as Micah having a criminal record, I haven't heard anything, but that doesn't mean he doesn't. Um, not that that changes any of the situation. I just, you know, was kind of wondering. It's just like there's so much more information about Bailey and Micah than there is about James, and I'm just like, what the fuck is that about? Why is? Well, you said James was upstanding, so. Well, James is the one that got shot in the, the drive-by. Micah's the one that worked at the bank. I think you're mixing it up. Okay, no, so what was the reason? Did they say what the reason for James? Or are we still trying to figure out if he old or was old? Um, Like I said, it's been said both ways, but I think the chiropractor, uh, yeah, I think Deep's fucking owed him <laughs> rather than vice versa. Yeah, it's easy way to, uh, it's one way to get out of a payment. Right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. And that's literally all that is kind of known about their disagreement. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep digging into this case because it is such a huge case and it's developing even as we speak. Um, I'll get into that part a little bit later because there's still some wheels turning different parts of this shit. All of them, like I kind of said earlier, they all had ties with the same friends because of the drug addiction, but they also had ties to a group that was manufacturing illegal weapons and selling them. It almost sounds like Bailey's boyfriend was doing straw purchases of guns, and what that means is um, a lot of people can't buy a gun if you're a felon. Yeah, basically he had a clean name, and he was buying weapons and then reselling them. Uh That's a big fucking no-no here in California. Absolutely, it is. He was also like putting guns together from different parts, so he would disassemble one gun get, say, like a barrel, and then get, you know, the fucking trigger mechanism from another one. Or he would get AR-15s and rebuild them to make it so it was, like, not... In California, there's special laws with the AR-15. It has to be um, modified. It has to do with, I think, how many rounds of ammunition you can shoot at a time. And this guy was making it so you could put the, uh, the magazines in that had a hell of more ammo in it. Is it just that, or does it make them also automatic? I heard that was also, oh, they would take it from uh, nowhere, you know, you can unlimited fire, I guess, or oh, it's so semi-automatic. Well, yeah, it's semi-auto. Um, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I just heard something about the receiver part being switched out, and usually the receiver, I think, has to do with the ammunition. Okay. Like how many rounds you can hold at one time. Um, because the California legal one, I'll have to look it up, but I know it's nothing to what it actually could uh, like take. Six shells or something. Something ridiculously yeah, small. And, you know, there's some magazines small. that you have 30 rounds. Yeah. There's some with even more, but you can't do that anymore. It, it was actually legal up until a couple of years ago in California where you could put these different gun parts together and make a whole new gun. Well, that's totally illegal now. So you can't do that. If you get caught doing that, you're going to get busted. We're all in trouble. And this guy, the the boyfriend, he's a felon, so he can't be fucking around with guns anyway. So he gets caught. He gets Bailey all wrapped up in this world because prior to Matthew, 
Bailey had no connection with any of the gun world. She wasn't manufacturing guns. She wasn't taking apart these receivers or anything like that. Oh, good. And she actually has charges. Like, the, her first arrest is fucking gun felonies. Oh. You know, you go from no record oh, wow. to fucking gun manufacturing charges. And I know the prosecutor was, like, working with her. Her charges got way dropped back. But still, that's, like, on your record forever. And you think that probably got her in the situation at the end that she had information that could be damaged? Well, I, yeah, exactly. Because that alien is a whole, we don't even need a whole fucking episode to deal with that girl and her whole situation. <laughs> Like I said, let's uh, let me just get these the, our listeners kind of uh, understand, yeah, what Kern County is all about because this is where they're all missing from. So the sheriff's department out there in Kern County is responsible for this whole area. They also maintain the jails used by the county and mun- municipal cities and provide search and rescue. The department has 1,200 1, sworn deputies and civilian employees. Its jurisdiction contains all of the unincorporated areas of Kern County, which is approximately 8,000 square miles. The department headquarters is located kind of like in downtown Bakersfield. And there's 15 substations located throughout the county. In 2009, the district attorney there claimed that they had the highest per capita prison commitment rate of any other major city in California. Oh, wow. Kern County contains multiple state and federal prisons, including two private prisons. As a result, the courts have been known to sentence a higher than average number of defendants to long prison sentences to help the local economy. So, yeah, we got some private prison bullshit going on, maybe some kickbacks, who fucking Absolutely. know. <laughs> right? The county is among the most prolific with the death penalty. Oh, wow. Assigning death penalty sentences in 26 cases since 1976. That's a fucking shit ton for California. It's like probably right behind Texas, Florida. Probably, right? Oh. In 2015, Kern County policemen from all departments killed more per capita people than any other American county. Damn. You hear that shit? That's kind of crazy, considering it's kind of oh, rural. It yeah, yeah right. it's fucking rural and shit. Because of the very harsh local criminal justice system, Kern County has been dubbed the most punitive authoritarian ju- jurisdiction on the West Coast. Wow. Shit. Wow. Hell of a statement. In the Oklahoma of the West by major <laughs> news websites such as Vice News. In 2015, it was revealed that Kern County Sheriff's Office engaged in a long-standing program of attempted cash payoffs to women who had accused deputies of sexual assault. What is up Wait, with that? Wait, those in, uh, like, uh, patrolling the, the streets or those in, uh, in institutions? It doesn't say, it just says in general, Kern County Sheriff's Office engaged in a long-standing program of attempted cash payoffs to women who had accused deputies of sexual assault. Deputies, specifically, so that would mean, like, patrol and shit. Yeah, oh, wow. In 2015, a civil lawsuit filed by a survivor of a sexual assault committed by Kern County Sheriff's Deputy Gabriel Lopez was paid out $1 million. Whoa. One million dollars. Kern County also holds the distinction of having the most deaths per capita in the U.S. by police shoots per an article published in The Guardian. Kern County is the third largest in California, about the size of New Hampshire. So that just kind of gives people an idea of what we're dealing with. Bakerfield is kind of a shithole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kern County, I'd say. 
I've also heard it like be referred to as a dumping ground for bodies. Um, and I think that's because of the rural nature of it. Yeah. It was like you know, a little bit of city. Then on the outskirts, you got all the agricultural shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Just so you guys know, that was just a little catching you up. These three, the, the Bakersfield three, are just like three of many missing yeah. and murdered people. Back to Micah. People have described his life like as being chaotic um, in the weeks leading up to his disappearance. His mom, Cheryl Holzenbake, said, and I quote, He talked a lot about being concerned that people were going to hurt him. He was afraid. He felt like he needed to defend himself. And it's also rumored that he may have owed somebody for drugs, like he got him fronted, because apparently he was about to get a settlement. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> yeah. And he worked that one at uh-huh. angle for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the settlement, those settlement yeah. checks take days to take come in. Take hell long. Yeah. So say, like, you go to court and you are given yeah, hey, $30,000. You're going to wait at least a month or two to get the check in the mail. Yeah, I think they do that because your lawyer, you can go get money from him. If yeah. you know you want a settlement, then he'll, you know, yeah. tax you on the back end. I did that before. It's crazy, Lord. I definitely understand. So, yeah, if you know you know it, they will definitely uh, extend you some credit. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then it goes back to the, if you go and you kill someone that owes you money, you're not going to get your fucking money back. Yeah, I would think it's a bigger because you don't get your money back. And then you got the issue at hand of yeah, you know, what murder. Happened. So it would lose. I think it would be the other way around. That if you owe somebody, and I know this for a fact, I had a friend that was uh had a, had another friend that he had loaned some money to him. The guy couldn't pay, and when he wound up running to him at the at the bowling alley, he shot him and killed him. Holy shit! To get out of the debt, so uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Wow, that's just fucking next level. Like, how do you go from being friends that, you know, you kind of owe each other money to, I'm going to fucking kill you yeah, over some money? Yeah, I've seen that more than once. That scenario play itself out. All over fucking paper. Some paper that's really yeah, has no meaning. Fucking worthless. Yeah. Worthless yeah. about the, the tissue. Exactly. Toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically, there was some weird shit going on with Micah right before he disappeared. Um, unfortunately, some people just chalked it up to him being off his meds and, um, you know, he goes missing and it was like for months before anybody knew anything about him. Then one day these people are swimming in the Kern river and a duffel bag kind of goes floating by and they're like, what the fuck? That's kind of weird. So they fish the duffel bag out of the water and bring it up to the shore and they open it up, and there's an arm inside. Oh, wow. An arm and a hand? Or yeah, yeah. It's wow. like the forearm all the way up to the hand. Oh, wow. So they weren't able to actually get uh, fingerprints off of it, and there was no other distinguishing characteristics. But good old DNA. And DNA came back to Michael Holzenbeck. So somebody got this guy when he wasn't expecting it, Oh, and, well, he was expecting it. Well, like, no, like, I mean, like, immediately, like, the shock value. They probably just grabbed oh, this yeah. guy, brought it. I mean, because if you're dismembering somebody, you got to feel kind of comfortable in the yeah, space well, you're at. Yeah, you're doing absolutely. Yeah. So, he gets dismembered, and I, so around the same time, a leg had also been found in a separate river. And I mistakenly thought, hey, well, you know, an arm's washing up here, a leg there. It's probably Micah. It wasn't Micah. It was somebody else that was missing. Oh, well, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, people actually still swimming in it? Seriously. You know how nasty that shit man. is? 
Yeah. So um, it was, yeah, a completely different missing person case. I believe it was actually a guy from SoCal that went missing, like way SoCal. So it, at that point, Micah was confirmed dead, murdered. Yeah, so that brings us up to date on Micah. Um, we can get in on Bailey. Lots of different accusations being thrown out about Bailey. Some news channel show. And they were doing a little segment on the Bakersfield Three. On the Bakersfield Three. <laughs> and uh, her sister, well, the way she was describing the shit that was going on, immediately made me think sex trafficking. That she would be at home, she'd be all miserable or whatever. Then someone would come in a car and she would run off with them, be gone for hours and hours at a time. So, we, I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds like sex work. Yeah, we're speculating, but. Yeah, it's definitely speculation. But, what the fuck? Why else would you have a bunch of strange mass men coming to your house, picking you up, and taking you away? And was she happy when she came back? <laughs> well, you know, when you're in a low place, you know. Yeah. Like drugs just lift you up. <laughs> yeah, they really do. And yeah. they make you not think about that bullshit. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they say you're medicating yourself. A hundred percent. A lot of people are on, you know, antidepressants from their doctors, and a lot of other people decide to medicate themselves and take, quote-unquote, street drugs. So, I don't know. Who's right? Who's wrong? I, I don't know. I don't have the answers for that. But Remember, There's no different right or wrong. Exactly. It's on a case-by-case basis. Well, it's a societal taboo, though, for yeah. people to take drugs. <laughs> But for some reason, it's not societal taboo for your doctor to drug you up on Prozac. Yeah, they just saying shit. They can't tax the street drugs, so yeah, pharmaceuticals they get take taxes. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't know why it's okay for you to be doped up on Prozac, but not self medicate yourself in a responsible way with, say, a street drug. And there are people. Not every single person that takes an opiate is going to become some crazy addict that's fucking robbing in the streets. There's plenty of functional addicts, and you'd probably be shocked to know. I bet some of your neighbors, some of your family members. I know a few persons. Me too. <laughs> I know quite a few. <laughs> I know quite a few that are functional, and I know quite a few that are definitely not functional. Yeah. Oh my god! Right. Fuck. Um, and I, I guess it all just depends on the drug, your personality, and what's going on in your life. Um, but like I was saying a little while ago, Bailey had a rough upbringing. There's reports. Um, I don't know if they're credible, but there are reports that her house was abusive. I think her dad at some point went missing. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jesus. I know, right? And then, like I said, there she basically said she was gang raped. And after that, she just kind of fucking crumbled. Like, just it just was downhill after the gang rape. Yeah, I mean, that could take a lot out of a person. Oh, for sure. It could. Years to recover from it. Yeah. Um, I, I guarantee you it did. She probably had those same feelings of shame and guilt and just fucking yeah, yeah, horrible. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know, surprised how they internalized it. Yeah. And they feel guilty about it, like, you know. Right, and as the outside world looking in, no one's fucking, they, they aren't blaming you, but I know it's like, almost like a knee-jerk reaction to blame yourself and get the shame and internalize all that crap. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, that's kind of what happened with Bailey. And she used drugs to numb her pain. And these drugs are fucking expensive. So to support her habit, it sounds like it's alleged 
that she was working as a sex worker. And that's when she starts dating a man named Matthew Queen. Dun, dun, dun. This is the alleged guy that a lot of people think is allegedly behind the order and murder of these three people. And then I guess the disappearance of Bailey. There was a profiler that was on the Dr. Phil show, Candace DeLong. She's kind of cool. Um, she's got, a, I think, a couple of shows I've seen her. She's on Deadly Women. and um, Basically, she profiled the killer in this case. And what she thinks happened is there's one guy, we'll call the boss, who either, you know, did the actual killing himself or put the order out for these people to be killed or disappeared. And she even went on to say that he's going to be like a white male between 30 and 40, married, probably with kids, drives a muscle car. But when he goes and he, you know, deals with the cops, you're going to see him in jeans and a t-shirt. So, I mean, that fucking describes Bailey's boyfriend, Matthew, double her age. He's in his 40s and Bailey's like 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. So right there, he's going to have an advantage against her. Mentally, just more of a person developed. Uh-huh. You're 20 years old. You don't yeah. know shit. Yeah. So it just sounds like Bailey was in a super rough position. So she eventually ends up moving in with Matthew. Now I found this letter. It's something that Matthew had actually posted. Oh, that's her boyfriend. Yeah. Well, it's her boyfriend, but four months after she goes missing, it turns out he had gotten some other girl knocked up. And oh, wow. Yeah. I think it was two months after she was gone, this girl was pregnant. Oh, wow. And there's even accusations that this girl would go around town ripping down her missing flyers. Oh, the new girlfriend? Yeah. Well, what was the motivation behind that? I don't know. Jealousy? I think a lot of people were accusing her boyfriend of it. So she was probably just like, my boyfriend Dana D. Uh, you know, crazy <laughs> shit. Okay. So this is copy and pasted from, I think it's like Facebook or some shit like that. And it's from Matthew Queen. So I'm going to, it's kind of long, but it's very telling and I'm just going to read it. Um, so take it with a grain of salt. Take it as a truth. I don't know how true it is, but there's a lot of shit said. Okay. A very smart, a very beautiful person once told me that if I'm always angry, then I'm living in the past. If I'm always stressed, it's because I'm living in the future. That if I wanted to be happy, I needed to live in the present. I'm so tired of being angry and stressed. I just want to go back to being happy. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to delete this profile along with the rest of my social media profiles. I'm going to stop listening to all the gossip and the rantings of the weak-minded sheep with nothing better to do than bump their gums about shit they know absolutely nothing about. I'm going to do my very best to ignore the insults and the allegations made by the bitter. The ignorant, the arrogant, the envious, the lonely, the scared, and the delusional. I'm sure anybody actually reading this knows what I'm talking about, which brings me to the hardest part of this. It's time for me to let go, Bailey. I'm sorry I couldn't protect you. I'm sorry I failed you. But the more I try to dig into what happened, the more I discover who the real Bailey was. I don't know if you'll ever read this. I don't know if you would even care, but I'm letting go. Remember this, though. You didn't fail me, and you were enough. 
Before I go, I thought I'd drop a little knowledge on all you sleuthing drama junkies. Mm. Me, hey. <laughs> I have heard an unlimited amount of theories as to what happened to Bailey. Is she missing? Did she leave? Is she dead or alive? If she's dead, who did it? Is she connected to Micah? Is Micah dead or alive? How'd they know each other? None of it matters to Jane Perrin. That's her mom. Um, all of her theories lead back to me being the bad guy. From the day I met Jane, she's accused me of being an awful person. Everything from brainwashing, kidnapper, to a pimp. One thing you've never called me, Jane, is a liar. Because if anything, I'm honest. Almost to a fault. I keep it 100, even when it's ugly. But you, Jane, have been caught in several lies. Lies about me. Lies about Bailey. About your family. It's connections. And so, so much more. Somehow nobody cares. The truth is, you hated me from the day one because of my age. And because I gave Bailey a way out. A way to get away from you, Jane. Everybody who knows Bailey knows how she couldn't stand to be around you for more than 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. How many times did she call me crying, begging me to come get her? Or when she ran out of your house barefoot, hysterical over a physical confrontation with you, calling me to come get her. You really began hating me when she started moving her things out of your house and into mine, behaving like a jealous ex-girlfriend. Let's be honest with everyone. Bailey ran away for the third time now, Jane. Not at all to say that she is not to be looked for. Something is not right about all of this. But it's been made very clear to me that it's none of my business. I have learned all I need to about this mess. And as far as her connection to Micah goes, yes, they knew each other long before I met either of them. Truth is they pretty much hated each other. It took all I could do to keep them from killing each other. What the families and the media won't tell you is that Micah had more enemies than friends, that he was not a very good person, that he suffered from a mental disorder and was off his meds for quite some time. I won't say all there is to know about Micah because it's not my way. I will say this, though. He loves his son. Dylan was his anchor. Without the anchor, Micah became lost in drugs and alcohol. And Bailey is the furthest thing from what her mother claimed she to be. I won't drag Bailey's name in the mud. She had a rough go at it for sure. Abused from the age eight in her own home. Damn. Beaten by her husband as a newlywed. Then raped as she ran from one relation, one bad relationship to the next. No wonder she was addicted and suicidal. When I met her, homicidal. Oh, wow. All she wanted was somebody to listen to her, believe her, and care. I won't say I was her knight in shining armor or the answer to her problems. All I did was listen, believe, and care. So, are their are these disappearances connected? I don't fucking know. But I will say this. The only reason I even involved myself with Micah and Bailey together the connection that exists between us is that Micah knew about the bad shit that's been happening to young women in Bakersfield. Young women like Bailey. He knew about the girls getting drugged, raped, 
and abducted. He knew names of people doing it and names of, yeah, that sounds like sex trafficking shit, right? He knew the names of people doing it and the names of people helping. Bailey and I were asking a lot of questions about business that was not our own. That's how it was put to me, that we needed to not ask questions about business that was not our own. I didn't back off, and neither did Bailey. I could try playing both sides of the fence, which I believe ultimately led to his disappearance and the later on death. But he doesn't write that because they don't know he's dead yet. So here I stand, next to the only one brave, next to the only one brave enough to speak the truth. I love you, Sarah Wiedemeyer. There is a reason why Jane and her daughter Caitlin are hating on Sarah. Because she's not a weak-minded sheep. Everybody thinks I'm the boogeyman because I knew both Bailey, Cheyenne, and Micah Holzenbeck. And they're both missing. Well, Caitlin, you dated Micah up until you left Bakersfield. And didn't your father go missing in October? Your ex-boyfriend, your dad, your sister? What the fuck is going on in this family of yours? They conduct search warrants on y'all's house and vehicles too i bet not so that's more of a question they conduct search warrants on y'all's house and vehicles no i bet not where's mr hudson was he ever found i wonder if he poked his nose into business that was not his own i'll leave you all with that to chew on my point to all of my point to all of this is to simply say i'm not your bad guy i'm simply jane's boogeyman jane parent I'm sorry your daughter is missing. You should have done a better job being an actual parent and making sure, or maybe she went out and run away. Acknowledge your faults, your disorder, and your disease. Then get help. Stay away from me, my friends, and my family, and pray. So, fucking heavy. Right? (laughs) And so that was coming from Matthew Queen, Bailey's ex-boyfriend. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, one sec. Like, uh, you guys just heard um, the letter... And that was from her ex-boyfriend, Matthew Queen. And I don't know if I've said this yet either, but he was twice her age. He's in his 40s and she's like 20. So right there, he's at a major advantage from her. Um, but yeah, she's super gorgeous. If you see the posters, you saw some of the posters for her, right? She was uh, so pretty. Yeah, she's not bad looking. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, when you get a pretty girl, that's suddenly a pretty white girl, when you go missing, that definitely helps get the media or just attention on it in general i would reckon so yeah but then you get a pretty white girl times three white people <laughs> uh, <laughs> call out the media yeah. where's uh, olivia lavois yeah, olivia lavois up top she did some amazing reporting yeah right pretty much um but yeah olivia lavois from some news channel down there we got a lot of information from her she was like knee deep in this crap like you know, trying to figure out what happened. Oh, yeah, it comes with clues. Yeah, yeah. So I've talked to her. Um, but I've seen interviews like on Dr. Phil. I read them on the, the internet. I saw this like three part series on the Bakersfield Missing Three. And it just seems like Bailey had a rough go at it. Um, at one point, she's getting raped. Um, she was in abusive relationships. She divorced her husband, and like that. After that, it just seemed to like go downhill. Her parents, I think, you know, they tried to get her into counseling after the gang rape, um, and I just don't think that she was ready to deal with it. Yeah, you have to be absolutely rock bottom. Yeah, start going to 
that direction. Exactly. And I guess at that point she hadn't felt at rock bottom. Now there's reports that Bailey would be at home and, you know, strange cars would come pick her up and she would be gone for a couple days at a time. Yeah. And that just uh, makes my imagination go wild. Like, uh, yeah, that could be it. Just to yeah. get away from the you know, exactly, because you know there are reports that her home life was super chaotic, and she fought viciously with her mom. But I don't know how true that is. Those are all alleges. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Jesus H. Um, but yeah, I guess like her sister would get calls, and she's hysterical, and you know not knowing where she is. And by the time the sister gets to her, she has nothing. She's not even wearing her shoes. She has no possessions left. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like what the fuck kind of party did you go to? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, like I said, I think I, I got, I can't even remember if I said this, but, um, uh, she gets charged for, I think it's like some drunk reckless, yeah, what is that for? No, it was Micah's house. Micah, I mean, excuse yeah, me, Micah, Yeah, some Michael. disorderly charge. Um, yeah. she was in front of his house. And I want to know what that's about. I was searching everywhere and I couldn't find out, like, why is she in front of his house in the first place? So, oh, yeah, but wasn't that just to establish that they knew each other well, that does definitely establish that. Um, but if you listen to Mr. McQueen's letter, they hated each other. They knew Her each other. Michael? Yeah, that's what the oh, ex-boyfriend Matthew McQueen is saying. Um, but I, you know, who knows how how he's uh, yeah, incredible. That could be just to throw you off the trail. Right. Awesome. He's the motherfucker that forced the Kern County sheriffs to call him yeah, search and rescue because he river. jumped in a river. Yeah, but you that you hate a motherfucker. Then you usually tend to stay far away from that person. You ain't gonna be right up under them. So I don't know. I've been in situations where I've been forced to work with people that I cannot stand, and it's. I mean, yeah, that may be a case where you know some things are out of your hands. But if yeah. you got arrested or whatever the case, I mean, she drove to his facility. Yeah, yeah. She was there, and, exactly. You know, so she that's drove, a little yeah. different. I mean, you got all free will. You went there. Right. I was just imagining like a scenario where all these three are working to do these ghost guns and reassemble. So they're forced to kind of be in the same proximity while yeah, they're doing that. that case where, yeah, this, the nature of the business brings you in, you know, yeah. in, in allegiance with people that you'd rather not deal with. So exactly. that could definitely be a possibility. And Dr. Phil, what was he fucking saying? Strapped. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was hard with that. They was Your boys are strapped. strapped. Yeah, they don't get strapped. What? But they got strapped and came and handled the business, so. It's crazy. I don't know how that just has not been, you know, how the police ain't jumped on that. I mean, in Oakland, that would definitely be like, you know, they would be all over that because, I mean. Direct threat? Yeah, I mean. So tell them exactly what you're talking about. I mean, this guy's telling. It was uh, James's brother. Yeah, right. James's brother. That you know, if your brother come here, my boys, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call my boys. Yeah. And they are gonna get the strap and come over here and have a business. And then less than two hours later. Yeah. That's exactly what happened, mind you. After the fact that somebody had called him and said, "Hey, your brother James is over here. Come get him." Yeah, exactly. So you know did that said that old boy called his people because James was out in front. Yeah. And they came with the strap, which was the legs, and how was they business or? Yeah, and, and he was there. Too yeah, you know. he's there to collect money, and exactly. he's not welcome there. Exactly. And there's literally a direct threat. I'm gonna get my boys. I mean, to that's yeah, it's one thing if there was like a time lapse in between yeah, him yeah. saying that, like a week, and it happened exactly some days. But yeah, this you know a matter of hours. Then. So why isn't sucks deep being looked at? Uh, that's the question. I mean, 
That's just crazy. But you me. never know, you know, when we talk about gun running and all that, you never know how you know how deep the rabbit hole may be. True, because maybe this guy's mm-hmm. an informant for, say, yeah, the ATF. Yeah, and... something going on. Usually when a person seems like, you know, he got that kind of information out there mm-hmm. on him, unless he's a really uh, an asset to some kind of authority. He's got to be. He, Otherwise, he would definitely be wrapped up. up. But, you know, if he, if he can... You know, if he can contribute a lot more. I think I like this. This is like, I like that idea. He's an informant to one of these groups, and that's why they're not taking him out. Yeah, they're not taking him in. They're letting him stay on the street to, you know, accumulate more information. Right. Possibly. Wow. Yeah, so it was April 23rd, 2018. That's when Bailey went missing. And, um, you know, the parents filed the police report, and that's it. Nothing. No bones on her, nothing. Like the other two, we know about them. Bailey just. Well, yeah. hopefully they say something in relation to the telephone, because the the phone records they have now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To like find out yeah, location yeah, or whatever. Locations, yeah, well, you think they would have done that? They probably did, you know, but probably because uh, it would have led nowhere. It probably leaked somewhere until they were ready to actually arrest. Yeah, they just I, not yeah. put it out there. You know, they always know more than they let on. Yeah, so. all the time. So this is, okay, this is my final conclusion on this. Okay. So Micah was a threat because he was threatening to either, I guess, give information up on this group or he was just really that far out because he, off being his medication, he was a That's liability. That's what I think. Exactly. Yeah. You off your meds. Yep. The liability label started doing some gapping, some yep. jaw japping, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, yeah, you know, an order's given, this guy's got to go. Exactly. But why the dismembering? Uh, is that a message easier, or is that trying to get no, rid of the body? Yeah, it's just easier to get rid of parts of a person as opposed to a whole person. Yeah. Well, they, okay. So, Micah, they, they got rid of him because he was a liability. And Bailey knew. Bailey knew she was aware of what yeah. happened. The participants. So, yeah. She then became a liability. Absolutely. Once you get to the point where you think an investigation going to start, you start tying yeah. up loose ends. Yep. And we know Matthew... Queen wasn't so into her because two months later, some of the girls knocked up. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's not like he's in love with that's her. That speaks for itself. Yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. And then James, he gets taken out two hours after a threat by Sucks Deep. Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's it's the wow factor as to yeah. why that person yeah. is in, okay. in custody at this point. I'm calling. He's working with the government. That's why he hasn't been taken in. He knows some shit on other people, and they're probably working on some huge gun running case or something like that. I would, I would be surprised. And they're like, with that shitty attitude, like, oh, just one more drug addict gone. So they're really not even that motivated to look after it. So, yeah, that's my, I think the two cases are not directly related, but, you know, they're, I guess, just kind of running the same circle because of the guns and drugs thing, and it's just a co-linking on the timing. Oh, it might be loosely related. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not directly. probably got a shooter's on tap, you know what I mean? Probably got one of them, you know, shit, and those that get rid of it, you know, that do the dirty work afterwards for the... I just, I, I haven't really seen any evidence that Sucks Deep and Matthew are friends. I don't know. But if you guys out there in Bakersfield yeah. or Rosedale, wherever that other city is, if you Kern guys, County. Yeah, no. exactly. If you guys know anything, please let us know. You can contact us at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page or our group page. Uh, we also have the Instagram up where I'll be putting pictures of the Bakersfield 3. 
um, let us know because we can only get so much information. Absolutely. And I wanted to thank uh, James's daughter, Cameron, for the info she gave us up top. We really appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, sorry for your loss. <laughs> and um, I gave out her Instagram ID earlier. You guys go check that out. She's super gorgeous. She's yeah, a model. Beautiful young lady. Yeah. So if you guys need a model, go hook right. her up. Um, and Dr. Phil, man, whoa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> get the strap. Uh, he's just too much. Like 56. He's got that, like, Texas accent. It's too get much. Get the strap. I'm like, wow, that don't seem like his vernacular at all. Hell no. <laughs> and then I was telling Kenny, I think every week we're going to have this thing called Kenny's Conspiracy Corner. This week it's kind of Athena's conspiracy. Because I got some shit to tell you guys. It's all about <laughs> So, the last episode before we took our break, I was talking about my Auntie Pot. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. Auntie. Yeah. She did pass away, unfortunately. She was battling cancer for a very long time and lost the battle. Yeah. Now, yeah. But, you got to tell you that she's been battling cancer for a while. Yeah, now, over a year. But unfortunately, she gets a different label. Check this out, you guys. Mm. They labeled her death as a coronavirus death. That's hey, on that's her fucking BS. death certificate. Because mm -hmm. after she died of cancer, they tested her and it happened to come up positive. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% sure my aunt died of cancer. Yeah, but they're forging documents in Santa Cruz County. Yeah, trying to hype the case. Right? So I've also read that in San Diego County, there are 200 deaths that have been attributed to the coronavirus. But if you actually look at it, only six were technically from the coronavirus. The other ones, you know, they go ahead and get hit by a car, and afterwards they get tested, and it's a positive, and, oh, look, this person died of coronavirus. <laughs> Think about that, guys. That's just, something's yeah. not right. And then the sad thing about it, because of that, for, you know, that, that, that inaccurate labeling, family can't attend. Exactly. Her final resting, I mean, it's yeah. sad. And my family's in like quarantine that. right now. They yeah. need to be breathing properly, but now they're like, yeah. you know, this That's is all That's another issue they got to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's happening everywhere. Everywhere across the country, I've seen these false labelings of coronavirus. So Bullshit. I, Bullshit. <laughs> is it, you know, is it just the money thing because they get federal dollars for each debt? I think so, yeah. They can make it look like the, that much more of a crisis than they can fleece the yeah. Whoever they fleece to give it's them us. We're, to go the with the people. Dollars are that's us. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's our tax dollars. That's right. It's I just and it's happening all over, and they're forcing people to stay in their homes. There's unlawful orders. You have to carry around your essential paperwork. It's yeah. like, come on, Gestapo. Yeah. Sorry, exactly. I don't have my paperwork on. Fuck Gestapo. Yeah. God, yeah. did anybody ever think we would see this day in the United States of America? Uh, apparently Albert Pike did. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Pike, that sounds hella familiar. Yeah, that's the 33 degree basin that was predicted the Third World War and how all this was going to culminate. Oh boy, that sounds like a conspiracy <laughs> next week. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are all staying safe and being aware. And don't forget the pepper spray. Uh, that's right. That's right. All right, guys. Ciao, ciao. Until next time, y'all be safe. Take care. Are you lost? Yes.